0: Welcome to the Supernatural Modern Life Podcast. My name is Daniela Estrada, and I'll be your host. Hello in the evening. I normally do these in the morning, but something said to do it tonight. I think that something is God. (laughs) I actually thought I could do it tomorrow morning, and he said, no, do it tonight. So it's late. I find sometimes that I feel closer to God at night. I don't know about you, but there's something about the quiet. During the day, there's a lot of activity. There are a lot of distractions. There's a lot of moving energy. But there's something about the nighttime and also in the early morning, almost as if There's no one else awake. There's nothing to do. There's nowhere to be. There's just me and God. Now, of course, there are other people in the world. It's not like I'm by myself. (laughs) But there's something beautiful about that. There's a calmness. And sometimes it causes panic and anxiety because... I feel like I should be doing something or I want to be doing something or I want to be distracted. I don't know if you have that same challenge, but sometimes, I don't know, it's like I don't want to be distracted. No, sometimes I feel I want to be distracted. Sometimes maybe it's because I'm trying to deal with some issues that maybe I'm not seeing or maybe it's. No, it's probably that. It's probably that something's going on in my inner life and I don't want to look at it and therefore the more I can distract myself the better and even more so at night because of the quiet, right? But in those moments when I allow the silence in, I allow myself to feel whatever I'm feeling, experience whatever I'm experiencing. There's something beautiful in that. And right now, I feel a a sense of calmness. I feel there's nothing to hide. You know, it's funny because a lot of times I feel like I should hide things from God. I should hide pieces of myself, right? And of course, that's silly because I can't. There's absolutely nothing that I can hide from God. So why do I try so hard? I don't know about you, but maybe it's I try hard to hide it from myself so I don't have to actually acknowledge it as if continuing to play some messed up record on repeat is going to make it okay. As long as I don't have to look at it, see it, touch it, taste it, deal with it, I can keep pretending that everything's okay, but it's really not. I don't know why I do that, but I think God is in the silence. And he said that to me once. I was doing journaling, and he was saying that he's in the silence, In the silence, I can't hide. In the silence, I'm present. In the silence, I can't escape. And therefore, that's where he meets me is in the silence. And the anxiety comes up because I have all these feelings and all these things going on. And I don't want to get silent because I don't want to deal with that. So it's interesting that I'm doing this in the evening. And I actually feel calm because I had a really intense week. So I have a day job, I guess. (laughs) I do contracted work for a woman who has a small business online. And it's been getting increasingly more difficult to work for her. The pressure, the stress, the deadlines, they're all increasing. And I feel there are more challenges with her in terms of the way that she treats people, responds to the challenges and the deadlines, and it's been getting more and more difficult and I've been getting more and more triggered. I've been having a hard time because my energy level is really low and the deadlines and the stress and everything is just compounding, which means I have less resources or fewer resources within me to withstand the sort of abusive pattern that she presents. So oftentimes, it'll be change this, change that, why didn't you do this, why didn't you do that, do this other thing, and it's all it all seems unreasonable. <laughs> I mean, if you go from a scale of 0 to 10 of like, Stress level, I'm at a 10, which means my ability to handle the personality issues is at like a zero, right? So I've been struggling because I want to leave. I want to leave. Please, God, let me leave. And he's been telling me, no, can you stay exactly where I have you? Can you stay put? You're exactly where I need you to be. And in my mind, I'm like, no, please, anything, please. I'll go work at Starbucks. I don't care. Uh. But he said very clearly, can you trust me? And can you stay exactly where you are? Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you've ever had God tell you that. I had God tell me that what, a year and a half ago, a year ago, whenever I got saved, um, I was living with my parents in the transition, and I wanted to leave, I wanted to move out, I wanted to start something new, get out, and he was like, rest, stay where you are, and that was so hard, but not as difficult as staying in this particular job and situation. And I've been pleading with God, please, please, please help me. you know. And in my mind, I'm thinking, let me move on. Let me escape. Let me go somewhere, anywhere, not here. But of course, I'm being like the dutiful Christian and being like, okay, God, whatever you want. Sure, I'll stay. But please, 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 please. And so all week, every time I opened my emails, I was crying because literally I felt like daggers were stabbing me every time I got an email, every time I got a task, every time I looked at anything having to do with work, it was like I was physically in pain. And I had this, I was journaling with with God, and I was like, God, what's going on? And he showed me this imagery of a sandstorm. And he said, you need to walk through the sandstorm, and I'll be there. I'll help you. I'll be your shield. I'll carry you. But essentially, what it broke down to is he said, this is the zone, basically, where the enemy is trying to stop you. So sure, you could turn around and walk away and get out of the sandstorm, but the enemy will know that that's always where they can get you, that they just push these specific buttons and they'll stop you in your tracks. And he said, I promise you, there is something on the other side. But in order to move forward in your life, you have to go through this. And you can choose to do it now or you can choose to do it later. But whenever you're going to try to move forward, you're going to come up again, right up against the sandstorm. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) Ow. Walking through a sandstorm has got to be really unpleasant, right? You got all the sand pelting you, it's hard to breathe, right? Kind of like how I've been feeling. And he says, "Let me carry you." Now, I got the imagery in relation to a sandstorm, right? I got the fact that he said, "Let me be your shield in the sandstorm." I understand that person picks you up and carries you, person stands in front and shields you. But I was at a loss of how to possibly apply this to my actual real life. I've been struggling because in my head, I think Jesus can do all these things, of course, because he's Jesus. But, you know, he's not physical. How can he actually come in my physical life and do anything? Like it's great in the spiritual, it's great in my mind, it's great everywhere else. But how is that practical? How can he actually change anything in my life? Like I know I can change my mind and my heart and my perspective and and all that sort of stuff. But how is Jesus actually going to stand in between me and my job in reality? I I sometimes, well, no, I still have that challenge because in my mind, Jesus is real, but like not physical. And I think that's a fallacy. I don't quite know. But anyhow, so uh, great metaphor, great vision to give me Jesus, but how to apply it? no idea. Then I was meditating with God and going over all these things in my head, in my head, in my head, in my head. I I tend to run a lot of scenarios and thoughts and conversations. When I'm trying to work something out, I, I run it in my head. And I was trying to to figure out what God wanted me to do and how to get through this and how to work through this. And maybe I should confront my boss. But I was kind of getting the feeling that I was just supposed to stay put, not confront. You would think the thing to do is to, number one, leave. Or if you can't leave, number two, confront, assert your boundaries, right? But I was getting the sense that that's not what I was being called to do. I was being called to stay put. And uh, so hard. Oh my gosh. If you're going through this or something similar, I feel for you because this is hard. How to be obedient under these circumstances. I was trying to open my heart because I recognize that when I get stressed, I close up, I put up walls and I'm in this job trying to disengage and put up walls and barriers so that I I don't get hurt or I try to minimize the stress. So I was talking to God and trying to open up my heart and as I was meditating and I was thinking about my options and how to get through it and how to open my heart more, and then I realized that this job situation was related to parts of my childhood. Like the ridiculous how similar this is to a piece in my childhood where I felt I was trapped, I could not leave, and I relied upon someone for survival. And it was mirrored perfectly in this situation. Of course, I'm an adult, but it was like the same situation, even though it's slightly different. How wonderful. So I'm thinking about all this, trying to open my heart. And all of a sudden, my I kind of stretch a little bit and like the vertebra right behind my heart goes out. Like I'm in excruciating pain because my heart isn't open. And God's like, ah, oh, ha, ha. Well, okay, that's my impression. That's not actually God. But I was like, how can, because he was telling me to open my heart. I'm like, how can opening my heart change anything? It's great to open your heart and be kind and love and all that jazz. But how is that going to change my job? How does that even affect my job? Come on. And so as I'm thinking that, the vertebra goes out, pop. And all of a sudden, I'm in excruciating pain to move my arms, to move my neck. Now, I can still move my lower half of my body, I can still walk around and do things, but to move was extremely painful. And he's like, You see how when the heart is blocked, there's more pain? You can still move, but it's harder and more painful. In my mind, my jaw dropped because that had to be the most perfect metaphor to explain why closing your heart isn't a great idea. (laughs) Because I'm dense, and a lot of times I have to be shown physically something that I can't get mentally. So God obliged or allowed it to happen, whichever perspective you'd like to take. And therefore, I was experiencing physical pain. Now, if I didn't move, I didn't feel pain. If I moved my legs, I didn't feel pain. But any other time I tried to move or do almost anything, I was in a lot of pain. And I realized that with my heart closed, emotionally, I could still navigate the world. But I was causing myself more pain. I mean, seems obvious, right? Duh. But I had to be shown it physically. Hopefully you do not have to be. Maybe you already have it and you're good and that's awesome. But I sometimes wear the dunce cap. So now I'm thinking, okay, great. How do I open my heart? I am in a, what feels like a battlefield. And how am I supposed to open my heart? How is that possible? I just don't get it. And so I was meditating with Jesus again, and he's like, you know, we've been spending a lot of time in your mind, so why don't we just check out your heart? It was funny. It's kind of like, imagine mm, sort of like an elevator or I guess maybe like a house with an attic. I realized that all of my thoughts were happening in the attic. You know, mind, mind, mind thoughts. And Jesus, we descended the stairs or the elevator and we went down to like the heart area and he threw open the doors and it was kind of, it reminded me of like a castle, like a castle doors got thrown open and it was roomy and beautiful, but like everything had like dust covers on it because it was like dusty from unuse. And so as we were going through it, we were like opening up and airing out this heart palace. That's what he called it, a heart palace. It was so cool because I, rec- I realized that I had been spending all this time in my head, maybe for years, and this heart palace had been completely unused, not even visited in so long. And I was going through all these chambers, looking at all the things. And it was so exciting, like Jesus and I were moving through it. It's like the place became colorful, it became alive, it was filled with energy and joy. And I started looking, it was almost like there were little pedestals with like a trophy on top, sort of. But as I was looking at them, I recognized all these creative things that I had wanted to do since I was a child, like on one, one represented wanting to be a ballerina. Another represented wanting to be a figure skater. Another represented wanting to be a singer and an actor and a writer. And as I was going through them, I looked at them all with fondness, with joy, which, especially coming to singing and acting, those, I feel, got really attacked. And I had a lot of pain surrounding those. But as I sat, as I was looking at them in my, this mind palace or heart palace, I keep saying mind palace, it was a mind prison, but looking at it in this heart palace, I just felt joy. I didn't feel the resentment that I normally feel. I didn't feel the anger or frustration or if only, or that person or woe is me. I just felt joy because I was in my heart and I could recognize that those things are all part of who I am. And I, I'm downplaying the trauma here, but the trauma for those two things was immense. I haven't even been able to really look at them without feeling this trauma until now. So as I'm in this heart palace, you know, Jesus and I find a pair of thrones, like two thrones next to each other. And we sit down and it's awesome. And I'm like, why have I not spent any time in this heart palace? Why have I been spending all the time in my mind? That's just dumb. But I didn't even know until he showed me. That is the beauty of Jesus and God. This is, I mean, if you do not meditate with God or Jesus, I highly suggest you start, even if it's just sitting there and praying which i always do i i pray before and i just uh, you know ask for the eyes to see and the ears to hear what god would like to show me or share with me or or give to me or or any of that and i ask him to be present and and you know show himself help me feel him see him hear him um feel his presence and i sit there and I'm very visual, so I get a lot of visuals. You know, some people might want to read a Bible verse or a psalm or something before they sit and they may like to meditate on a word or a phrase. For me, I mean, I have a lot of things that are going on in my mind. So usually I I have some sort of maybe unconscious agenda, but I'm constantly trying to understand things and get closer to God. And so these meditations are amazing because he he shows me things that there's no other way I would be able to see that or get that revelation so I journal and journaling also gives me access as well so if you're not a visual person if you don't really get tangible things in meditation consider journaling but for me the medit- like Jesus is just so good Like, God is just so good. And even though there are times when I have such a hard time connecting, or I don't get the answers that I'm looking for, or I'm struggling, yeah, those days are hard. But eventually, I get to the place where it's almost like I get broken down so much. Like, my ego gets broken down, broken down, broken down until I'm finally like, God, I have nothing left. All right. Of course, he always shows up, right? (laughs) Um, and he, he speaks to me in such a specific way that I don't know that anyone else could do. I don't think anyone could speak to me in that very refined way that just gets right to the heart of the issue and just shoots right to my heart. Exactly what I need to hear exactly in the way that I can hear it. I have friends that try and I love them and I'm so grateful for them. But when you have someone that knows you so intimately and knows everything about you, of course, they're going to give you exactly what you need to be able to understand what they're trying to share with you. And it may not always be pleasant because who wants to look at themselves sometimes? Who wants to look at those dark corners or examine things or be told to stay put? But... God is so good that he gives you exactly what you need. And I love that. Even though some days I'm really angry. (laughs) And I want to give up and I want to just throw in the towel. Like I really wanted to throw in the towel. I was like, I'm done. God, I'm going to walk out. I'm going to leave this job, like it's too hard, it hurts, I don't know why you want me here. I was about to issue an ultimatum, like, you change this job, or you tell me why, or I'm out, and I'm going to give up on all this, and I'm going to not be Christian anymore, and you know, (laughs) which is insane, and I'm too stubborn to do that, right? In my mind, I want to just bounce But in my heart, I'm like, no, like, I know God wants me to do this. So how can I be reluctantly dutiful and grit my teeth and bear it? I'm just going to get through it. And of course, my friend's like, there's another option. And I'm like, no, it's leave or stay and suffer. Right? Because we all have these patterns that we're set up. We all have these patterns that we keep playing out until they're healed. And my pattern is like, run or suffer silently. And of course, in the situation, that those are the options. I was like, run or suffer silently. And, and if I confront my boss, then I'm leaving because there's no way I can stay. Otherwise, I'm a victim. And whoa, anyhow. <laughs> I'm so absurd sometimes. It's ridiculous. But I think when we get into those moments, when we're confronted with all of our stuff, it's like we can't see. We can't see past all the stuff that's like on us, around us, flying at us, hitting us. We can only see these these bad options. And of course, God can see everything. So he's like... You're okay. You're going to be okay. Just stay. And of course, we only get as much information as we need, which is like need-to-know basis, which obviously, you know, many times God thinks is like, you don't need to know that, which I want to know that. But okay, so we don't need to know that. But how can I open my heart, use you as a shield in real life? What? I don't want... So... Anyhow, another day I was sitting in meditation and I'm praying, 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 and then I'm meditating, which is supposed to be clearing my thoughts. But of course, there's no clearing of the thoughts because my mind is running through all of the scenarios of the ways that I could explain to my boss why I was unhappy and why things needed to change and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like It's almost like I was presenting a case, right? So I have my talking points and I'm going to talk about this point A and point B and point C and point D and I'm going to convince her, I guess, that I'm right. I don't really know what I wanted to convince. I mean, I wanted to make the situation better right in my mind i'm like let's come to a resolution if i explain all the things that you're doing that are unhelpful and i explain the ways that it's not set up well to have a good easy relationship and 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 less stress and you know tasks with ease right if i just present my case in a good way in the right way, if just the right way, then maybe she'll hear and things will change and it can be good. But I don't have to actually confront her. Anyhow, my mind's spinning and spinning and spinning, trying to think of all of these possible scenarios that I could speak about. And so Jesus pops in and he's like, so he's like, that's your mind, right? So what's in your heart? and i paused and i said oh i yeah that is my mind and i went down to my heart and i was like uh, i don't know and then of course my mind jumped back and it was like okay and if i do this and do that and say this and say that and then she might say this and then i and he's like wait it's like what what is that's your mind what does your heart say and so i had to take a minute to really go to my heart because i could, i just was angry 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 frustrated stressed overwhelmed but i pulled myself out of my mind prison and went down to my heart palace and i was like you know i feel unvalued i feel unappreciated i feel unheard and i feel like everything is futile and he was like okay And so then I jumped back into my mind and I was like, and I feel that because of XYZ and XYZ and XYZ. And if we did this and you did this and this happened, and he's like, wait, stop. What's in your heart? And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, heart. Huh. Mm. Gotta let that go. Okay, heart. Unvalued, unappreciated, unheard. But if she did X Y Z and you did X Y Z and you did that and she did that and I did that and we did this and then we could have much better and he's like wait stop, <laughs> I couldn't help it my mind kept trying to like argue these points and stay in my mind, and he was like nope heart, I was like ah I was like God this. Is- This is hard. I'm like, I feel like my pride is being killed in this job. I want to do a good job and I feel like I can't and it's killing me. And he's like, pride, huh? He's like, do you need pride? And I was like, like, you can't see my face, but it's just the like straight across lips emoji where you're just like, "Mm, really? Did you say that? Of course. Yeah. You know, pride is... I don't know, there's a verse somewhere that talks about pride being one of the things God dislikes the most, right? So I know that. And so I'm like, Ugh, "Uh, no, I don't need to have pride." Right? <laughs> but of course, in my mind I'm like, "Ah, how do I how do I not want to do a good job? How do I not take pride in my job and my work and and do well?" And um He was like, so in your heart, you feel unvalued, unappreciated, and unheard. He's like, what if you never get those things? What if your boss never gives you those things? What if she never changes? Can you still keep working there? Can you still serve even if your needs are not going to be met, it was interesting. I, I it was almost like I looked in my heart and I could see those those the unvalued, the unheard, unappreciated as sort of like bubbles, and the bubbles were empty and they wanted to be filled, right? And so when he said that, what if you never get it? Ever, can you still do it? It was almost like I took my hands and I like closed the bubbles or like covered them or removed them or something. So it was like the bubbles were no longer there. Or whatever they were, sores, openness, emptiness, something. I basically took them out of the equation. And then I thought about it. And he said, can you still serve her knowing full well that you will never get any of those things, knowing that she does not define your worth or your value, knowing that she will keep acting the way that she's acting and not giving you what you need, not giving you validation, not giving you approval, not giving you any of those things. Can you still serve? And I was surprised to discover, yes, I can. If I don't have the expectation that she's going to fill those things in me, that she's going to give me something, if I feel full, if I feel like I have what I need and I'm not seeking, then yeah, I can do my job because it doesn't matter what she says. I already, you know, I know I'm going to be unheard. I know I'm going to be unvalued. I know I'm going to be unappreciated. Or maybe in her way, she does do those things. She does value me and appreciate me and hear me. But if it's not coming to me, if I don't feel it, if it's not expressed in a way that I can receive, that's still okay. Because now those, those buttons, I don't know what else to call them, triggers, they weren't there. I was so surprised. That... So simple. Simple. And it made a world of difference. I imagined going about normal routines with her and it struck me that it felt sort of disengaged a little bit. Like I was walking through Conversations with her, but it, it wasn't affecting me. And so I said to Jesus, Wait, how was I feel disengaged? How is this any different than before when I actually did disengage? And he said, The thing is, is that now you're filled. So, yes, it seems like disengagement, but in reality, you're full. So you have the shield. So, n- whatever is happening between you and her. It's not affecting. Well, let's change my pronouns. So from my perspective, whatever happens between me and her, it's not affecting me because it's not getting in to push all those buttons. When I was disengaging, it was like I put up a shield, sort of like a a cylinder or like a fake false metal shield, but I had the triggers there. So it was almost like it was attracting (laughs) the negativity and the pain like a magnet. So yeah, I could disengage, but I would still feel the pain. I would still kind of on some level um be under attack and know that. I would just kind of dissociate a little bit from it so it wouldn't be as painful. But now, I could walk through it and it was like the things would just slide off me because I was full. There were no triggers. It was, (laughs) it was really cool, honestly, and unexpected. And if somebody had told me, yeah, just like, close your bubbles and like, you'll be filled and it won't bother you. I would have been like, what the heck are you talking about? You're crazy. Nothing that simple could actually work. But it did. It really did. And so I went back to work the next day. Or maybe it was the same day, I can't remember now. But I was talking to one of my coworkers, and as she was speaking, I felt so humbled because I realized that she was feeling the exact same way I was feeling. The entire team was feeling that. And I was too much in my head to recognize that. And I probably unconsciously, in my stressed and frustrated state, may have been making their jobs more difficult because I may not have been giving them all the information they needed or in the way that they needed it. And I felt so humbled in that moment because I felt, you know, when he said, can you still serve? I wasn't sure what that meant, but I was sitting there talking to my coworker and all of a sudden I said, you know what? I know this is hard. I know we may not always get things done perfectly, but you always show up and you always give it your all and you accomplish the impossible. And I just want you to know that I appreciate you and I value you and I thank you. And my coworker came back to me and she said, oh my God, thank you so much. That's exactly what I needed to hear to keep going. Thank you. Thank you. And I started crying because I just told her what I had wanted to hear. And that made the world to her, the world of defense to her because she needed to hear it. And then the rest of the team needed to hear that they were valued and appreciated. But as long as I was caught up in my own stuff, I couldn't serve because I was trapped in my own spiral. But as soon as I could actually sit with Jesus and allow him to come into my heart it's like this it was like a chain reaction this whole week of like this thing and that thing and this thing a lot went led to this thing and that thing right so yeah so much pain but in the end I got to a place where I don't need people's approval and intellectually it's like of course I don't need people's approval I never thought I did but in my heart I think I did I think I wanted it like I needed it on some level and now I feel like I don't need someone else to validate me or value me or show that to me because I have it within me and I know Jesus loves me and God loves me and they value me and appreciate me exactly for who I am. And I could actually feel it and it healed whatever those open bubbles were. And I don't know that there's any other way that I would have been able to accept that, feel that, see that, rather than this crazy chain of events and this terrible situation. But now the last couple days I've been working and it hasn't bothered me at all. On the pain scale, my job was at a 10 So I went from that to calm. Now I know there's stress, but I'm not triggered. I feel a sense of the ground underneath my feet again. And all of this from talking with God, talking with Jesus, and being willing to confront all of this, Because I could have just as easily walked away. I could have just as easily given my notice, gone off on my boss, done any number of things. Or just sucked it up and just said, you know what, I'm going to suffer in silence. But I didn't. And so if you're going through any specific challenge right now in your life, if there are any places where you feel stuck or trapped or things have not been moving and you want them, things to be moving or if God is telling you to stay put, <laughs> there are so many lessons that we can learn. Every situation is there for our good, right? Even though it may seem not good. <laughs> Even though it may seem terribly painful. God is always there, and I have to keep remembering that and reminding myself that and trying desperately to believe that and accept that, that God really does want to help me, that God really does want to make my life better. Even though it means I have to walk through the sandstorm, I bet on the other side is some like awesome oasis, but I would never get to see the oasis if I didn't walk through the sandstorm. Because... That's all my own stuff. Whatever your sandstorm is, that's all your own stuff. That's stuff you got to get through to get to the other side. I wish God just built a magical bridge over it. It's like, hey, let's just tunnel under it or like fly over it. But I think we have to go through it. We have to deal with our stuff. We have to allow God to heal us and heal those things in us. I can't tell you, I've tried to quit this job three or four times. And every time I try and I get another job, I get into a job with a person who has almost the same exact personality and treats me almost the same exact way. So when he said you can walk away, but you have to experience that sandstorm again, I know that that's true because I've done it like four times. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense, but I know that I had to keep going through it. And I feel like now I really truly do have Jesus as my shield. And I do feel like he is carrying me and I am allowing that. So whatever situation you have, maybe you have, you're in a good spot right now. And I think that's awesome. And I think that's great. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're in a similar situation to me. Maybe it's totally different, but you're still going through a hard time. Jesus is there. He's there with you. He's there for you. And, you know, sometimes we can't see him. A lot of times when I'm in stress, my friend says, well, where's Jesus? Do you see him? Can you see his face? And I'm like, no, he's not here. You know why? Because he's behind me. Like I put him behind me. It's almost like I shut him away because I'm like, hey, Jesus, get behind me. I don't know if it's because I think that I need to go first and I need to muscle through it. But really. He should be in front of me. I should allow him to go before me, right? So metaphorically, find the way to understand where is Jesus in your life? If you were to guess, where is he? Maybe you don't see or hear or feel in the same way I do. But the way that I got good at that was I just let my imagination go. And I was like, well, if I imagined, what would it be? And that grew into more and more defined understanding and visual um, sensitivity in my meditations and more sensory tactile stuff as well. As I just let my imagination go. And I was like, well, what does it feel like? If I was to paint a picture of what I'm feeling, what would it look like? And I didn't censor myself or stop. And Over time, I learned to discern better and better and better so I could get a clear picture. And so I invite you to do that, to just imagine, you know, what might be a metaphor for what you're experiencing in your life right now. Where might Jesus be if you were to paint a picture of your life and your situation? You know, is he backed into a corner? Is his back to you? Is he behind you? Is he like in front of you, but like not facing you? However you feel, it doesn't matter. You don't have to quantify it or justify it. Just go with it. And then ask for him to show up. Ask for him to help. Ask for him to give you some insight, whatever it is. And of course, you'll have to test it out and ask for confirmation from maybe other other people you know that are Christian or that maybe speak to god as well. It's always good to get validation and clarification from other people. Just but people who are connected to god, of course. You don't want to just ask your like random friend who is atheist and who knows what they're thinking. Try it. See see what you get. See what is shown to you or revealed to you, even if you're not really sure what it is. Just go with it. Try it. I mean, And get confirmation, obviously, because you don't want to go off and do lots of crazy things without really knowing if you're discerning that that is God or not, right? So you want to be careful initially and like maybe only do little things that are not so hugely life-changing. Be cautious about it until you really get a sense of like, yes, this is God. As you've heard my other podcasts, sometimes the voices aren't God. And you got to learn to discern which ones are God and which ones aren't. And um, that's where getting clarification from friends can help or, you know, pastor or getting a word at church or whatever. But I encourage you to see how you can tap into God, Jesus, and learn what they're trying to share with you because I think they're speaking to us all the time, right? Right. So it's just a matter of whether or not we can hear, whether or not we want to hear, and whether or not we can translate what we're hearing or getting. So I encourage you to start trying to build that muscle up. Journal. Sometimes journaling is really easy because you just let your mind go and you just write whatever is coming in. And I know people get lots of clarification that way. And sometimes we try to get clarification on certain things from God. And he's like, nah, I don't want to talk about that. Sorry. And we're like, please. And he's like, no. What about this other thing? And we're like, no. He's like, love. Open your heart. And you're like, really? How is that practical? Well, I'm going to tell you, it is practical. Because I've learned firsthand that it is practical and it actually can change things. So if you're suffering from a closed heart like I was, I invite you to try and ask Jesus in and ask him to open up your heart palace. (laughs) And show you what that looks like for you. (laughs) Such a funny word. But I really invite you to do that. And I hope that you're able to find a sense of peace and calm in your life. And really get closer to God and allow him even more into your life. To share more in your life and give you more joy, more love, more peace. So that you can do what you're here to do. Right? All of the stuff, all of the crap, all of the frustrations, it's just there to keep us from being us, from being who we were made to be. So I invite you to get closer to God and clear away all those cobwebs so that you can be who you are meant to be. So you can go out and serve and do what you were called to do. You know, I just speak that over you right now that any obstacles that are in your life right now, anything that has been plaguing you, anything, any old patterns that have just been stopping you, I invite Jesus to come to you and to be with all of us and just clear that away. Make those patterns, make those obstacles, just clear them away on if we need to do something, I just invite you, God, I invite you, Jesus, to show us whatever we need to do, how to open our hearts, how to clear out judgments or resentments or fears or doubts, what to repent for, what to invite into our lives. I just invite you, Jesus, into this space, into everyone who is listening. I just invite you, Jesus, to come in and clear out the cobwebs and give some revelation and understanding, clarity so that we can release these things that no longer serve us, these things that are blocking us, we can clear out whatever is causing them to be there in the first place so that we can be more connected to you, God, more connected to you, Jesus, and living the purpose that you have called us to live. I declare that over you now in the name of Jesus Christ. Ooh, that felt good. So I hope that felt good to you too, and I thank you for joining me. If you'd like to get notifications on f- future podcasts, you can do so at supernaturalmodernlife.com. And if you'd like to email me with thoughts, suggestions for any podcast topics, or anything you'd like to share with me or ask me, you can do that at info at Thank you so much for joining me and have a great day.